time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, inalienable rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. The topic of leadership is up in the rotation for this week, which we'll get to in a bit. First, I would like to offer up my prayers for the people in Illinois that suffered an attack from what I expect to be another mentally ill individual. I'll follow the situation as it develops, but you all know my thoughts on the root causes of these acts of evil. Secondly, I want to thank those of you who have lifted my big brother up in prayer. His medical condition is improving, and the family and I are just waiting for him to be able to return home and to continue the healing process there. I'm looking forward to being able to spend some time with him after my current engagement in Texas is complete and before I head back down here again in August. Thirdly, we are getting closer to the August elections here in Sevier County, so I need to pass along some information. Election day is August 4th for the Republican and Democratic state and federal primary, as well as the Sevier County general election. Early voting is July 15th through July 30th. You can vote early at the Election Commission office, located at 1145 Dolly Parton Parkway, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, and 9 a.m. to noon on Saturday. The early voting satellite location is open July 18th through July 23rd. And that is at the Seymour Public Library, located at 137 West Macon Lane in Seymour. The hours to vote at the library are 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 a.m. to noon on Saturday. If you have not registered to vote by now, you will not be able to vote in the August election. And if that is the case, ensure that you get registered to vote for the November 8th general election. The deadline to register to vote for that election is October 11th. If you need help or have any questions about registering to vote, please contact the Sevier County Election Commission. The phone number there is 865-453-6985. Again, 865-453-6985. They should be able to point you in the right direction and help you to get registered to vote. Now on to some campaign and some personal information. I recently sent out the July edition of the campaign newsletter. In the newsletter, I shared the Rumble video link to the interview I participated in with the group Exposed Tennessee. The founders of Exposed Tennessee are two God-loving patriots, Jeanette and Jamie, who randomly met on Telegram. They began discussing issues that are plaguing we the people here of the great state of Tennessee. Within just a few days, these two strangers, with a common goal, partnered together to create a docu-series exposing the government officials, healthcare professionals, shareholders, and various agencies who have used the coronavirus to strip each of the people of our constitutional inalienable rights. 
This duo of young ladies reached out to me via a fellow patriot here in Sevier County and after seeing the video of my comments at the Sevier County Board of Education meeting last month. During the video recorded interview, we discussed the many activities that our government, which hates us by the way, the activities that our government has been engaging in which requires us, we the people, to take a stand and fight back against. I shared the interview on my social media platforms as well as the website. If you are interested in viewing it, head on over to those sites and look it up. Or you can email me and I will send you the link. But I want to offer my thanks to Jeanette and Jamie for reaching out to me. It was quite refreshing after participating in that poop show of an interview on the Man Cow Show. Also, if you're interested in receiving the newsletter, send an email to larry-for-tn12 at protonmail.com. Put the word subscribe in the subject line and I will get you added to the distribution list. Also, the campaign will be looking for volunteers for September-October timeframe all the way up through the election. If you live in Sevier County or even Tennessee and would like to volunteer for the campaign, send an email to me and put the word volunteer in the subject line. Speaking of the Sevier County Board of Education, you can probably guess if the chairman, Mr. McClure, whether or not he responded to my follow-up questions that I sent to him on the 21st of June. If you guessed that he has not responded, you would be correct. It's probably safe to assume that all my listeners guessed the answer to that question correctly. But maybe two weeks is too much to ask for a response to my questions about what appears to be corrupted judgment of the entire board. Or my question about why the board's attorney has advised them to not meet with parents under what they claim might be violations of sunshine laws here in our state. As always, I will keep the audience informed of when and how any elected official responds to my inquiries. Stand by on that note, though, because my next inquiry to the board will be a doozy. I have been reviewing the Sevier County Board of Education policies, and something is glaringly missing from them. I'm sure you will not be surprised when I inform the audience at a letter date what is missing. And it will be telling just how the board responds to the inquiry on that topic. With that taken care of, I pray that you all had a safe and enjoyable Independence Day. I wrote about this in the newsletter, but believe it bears repeating on this podcast. I have always believed that the best way to celebrate our nation's independence is to continue fighting for liberty against a tyrannical government. Our nation was founded on the fight for individual freedom by overthrowing tyranny. We honor our founding fathers as well as all our American ancestors by continuing that fight because tyranny, as we've all seen, never goes away. It is always lurking and trying to destroy our liberty. This will require every citizen taking a stand in the arena to defend our founding principles. And this is much like when you thank a veteran or an active member of the armed forces for their service. The best way to thank them is to be the kind of American that we volunteered to protect and defend. So once again, I pray you all had a safe and enjoyable Independence Day, and let's keep up the fight. As I mentioned at the outset in thanking the audience members that have lifted my brother up in prayer, I am still continuing to ask for prayers. He's still in the hospital and dealing with many medical issues, but appears to be getting better. I'm sure many in the audience have heard the phrase that your siblings are your first best friends. And that is absolutely true for me. Not only is he a best friend, 
but often a mentor in many different ways. For the past 50 plus years, I have always been able to either reach out via the phone or just visiting him and talking to Bill about any topic. Even when we were on different continents or just different time zones here in our own country, he has always been there when I called him. He is my big brother and I really do love him and need him healed and returned home. He's also one of the smartest people I know on just about every subject and I often rely on his advice on many different topics. So please continue to keep him in your prayers while he is in the hospital. As you can probably tell, I'm still coming to you from the Permian Basin this week. I must tell you, the location that I am at during this engagement really is in the middle of nowhere. It's at least an hour drive to the closest semblance of civilization, which is a very small town. The closest city is about an hour and a half drive from here. This engagement has different goal sets assigned to it than what I have been doing since the beginning of the year. I am not with a brand new team, but rather one that has received coaching from some of my partners a little bit ago. Well, about a year ago. With a turnover that is so prevalent at the entry and mid-level positions in the drilling operations of the oil and gas industry, the client requested that we revisit this team. It's a sort of check the oil and kick the tires on foundational principles that members of the team received training on initially. So that will be what I'm doing for the next few weeks, reinforcing leadership and continuous improvement principles with this team. Speaking of principles and getting on with this week's topic, I would like to ask this question as the premise for this episode. Do the people in leadership positions within our government, both elected and unelected at the state and federal levels, do they have principles or are they unprincipled? Also, does what is supposed to be the free press in our constitutional republic have principles as well? Or are they too unprincipled? Let's define unprincipled before we get started though. Merriam-Webster defines unprincipled as this lacking moral principles, unscrupulous. Well, that just leads us to find out what unscrupulous is defined as, or really what scrupulous means. And it is this, being scrupulous is defined as having moral integrity or acting in strict regard for what is considered right or proper. So unscrupulous would be not having any moral integrity or having zero regard for what is considered right or proper. Now that we have the words defined, let me ask the question again in a different way. Is our government's leadership, along with our free press, unprincipled? I think you all know the answer to that. But how do we determine if they are principled or unprincipled? Well, the same way we do with most other things when discussing personal character traits of our fellow human beings. We read their words or listen to their words and observe their actions. Both of those are good indicators, but as the old saying goes, actions always speak louder than words. What do their actions, the new aristocracies as well as the medias, what do their actions state about their principles? Don't get me wrong here either, folks. I'm not just talking about the events that have been happening in our country for the past two or three years. We can go back generations. And it is coming from both the GOP and the DNC, the commies. The Democrats do not have a monopoly on unprincipled leadership. Let's see, we've had unconstitutional wars, 
extra constitutional legislation and mandates, extra constitutional legislation that is placing us all into perpetual debt bondage, creeping socialism into every facet of our lives, lives, by the way, that are meant to be lived with little to no government interference in our constitutional republic. I know that the average person's attention span in today's world is extremely short. So we can look at the actions of our elected, fraudulently or not, representatives over the course of these past few years to judge if their actions have been principled or unprincipled. Always keep in mind, though, that the government that hates us has been working diligently for more than 100 years now to erode our constitutionally protected rights. The last few years have not been an aberration of government's behavior, this unprincipled leadership that they exercise. It has just been a continuation of the trend. The pace may have accelerated recently, but all levels of government have been exercising unprincipled leadership for generations now. This slow erosion of rights has taken many paths and has been called many different names. The usurpers of liberty in our states and nation's capital have labeled legislation using their artful lies in order to distract from their pretended legislation's actual purpose. Through the creation of laws sold to the general public as a means to protect the rights of quote-unquote special classes of people at the local, state, and federal level, they all actually achieve the singular purpose of eroding the rights of others not protecting the latest subdivision of people, subdivisions that they, the new aristocracy, with their unprincipled leaders, they are the people that actually created these little subgroups of our society. They created them or enabled their creation for one purpose and one purpose only, to keep us fighting each other. That is how unprincipled leadership keeps their hands on the reins of power in our republic. Look at the new aristocracy's latest move on the usurpations of liberty based upon one of their creations. The subcategory of citizens that is comprised of mentally ill people, along with their wokeivist supporters, but it's a subcategory that we are forced to pretend along with that they are something different than what they were actually born as. This class of people is a huge win for the new aristocracy. It's almost like hitting the triple word score on Scrabble and using every letter tile on their holder, which includes the letters J, Q, X, and Z. By carving out special protections for people with gender dysphoria, which is a mental illness, the government has now created an unlimited number of genders, all of which clamor for special protections. Special protections, by the way, that put the only two actual genders in jeopardy of losing their rights. Because according to the usurpers of liberty in our nation's capital, all K-12 schools must allow boys into girls' private areas to obtain federal funds for lunches, breakfasts, and snacks. The federal government is using our sweat equity to reward their indoctrination centers that comply with their new edict, and it will punish government schools that do not comply because of the wishes of parents and taxpayers via their elected school boards and they decide not to allow this deviant behavior around their children. Officials from the federal government are telling schools to file paperwork to be exempt from this, although Title IX law says that is an option and not required. While non-government organizations may request a religious exemption 
by submitting a written declaration to the Secretary of Agriculture identifying the provisions that conflict with a specific tenant of their organization, we all know exactly how government has handled religious exemption requests concerning their mandates in the past. And, based upon the actions of the Sevier County Board of Education over the course of the past couple of years, we know they will bend the knee in order to obtain that federal funding. Federal funding which comes out of the pockets of parents that object to this perversion and sexualization of children in the failed experiment called public schools. Government gleefully forces the most innocent among us to pretend along with the mentally ill in our society. Why? Well, because it is easier to mold the minds of children than it is adults, which has been the intent of public government education for decades now. It's not about educating people in math, science, English, history, or writing. It is about teaching them to think a certain way, a way that is more often than not in conflict with the values and beliefs of their parents at home. So be on the lookout for how your Board of Education deals with this perversion wherever you live. It is coming at us all hard and fast so that the government can capture the minds of our children. With that being said, is that an example of principled or unprincipled leadership? Is moral integrity being displayed by forcing children to pretend along with others that are suffering from a mental illness? Is moral integrity being displayed by the government punishing schools that do not bend the knee to their acts of moral turpitude? And it's punishing low-income families in the process by withholding funding for food. Is government, all levels of government, which includes school boards, are they acting in strict regard for what is considered right and proper? Of course, we all know the answer to those questions. But how do we fix it? We fix it with the tool that our founding fathers passed along to us. I believe that I have mentioned this before and have even spoke about it at rallies and in the interviews I have given, but it always bears repeating. One of the many lessons I learned while serving in the Navy is that if you want to defeat your enemy in battle, you must become proficient in the employment of the weapon systems you have at your disposal. You must also be able to survive any damage inflicted in order to continue in the fight. Damage control is also an area where you have to be proficient in the employment of systems and equipment to keep yourself in the battle. Fortunately for the citizen, the weapon system and damage control system available to us is the same thing. It is our constitution. The document drawn up by the citizens granting government limited powers but still placing those same governmental powers under our control. We all need to become proficient in the employment of our weapon and damage control systems once again. What we have learned now that an education system that is controlled by the government will not educate the citizens on the actual control we have, nor the very limited scope of power that government has in a constitutional republic. Gee, I wonder why they don't do that. We have a government that for decades now has quote-unquote educated generations of people 
that only more and more government is the solution to all of our nation's problems. They do not educate children on the limitations the Constitution places on government, nor do they educate them on the grievances listed in the Declaration of Independence that were the catalyst for our ancestors to wrest their freedom from tyranny. And why would the government not educate every generation of Americans in their indoctrination centers about our founding documents and the reasons behind them? Well, it is because of their unprincipled leadership. How is this for some unprincipled leadership from elected or selected officials? The communists in Congress and the head of their party, the selected dementia-riddled commander-in-chief, have been on the warpath after the Supreme Court's last few decisions. Decisions, mind you, that were completely based upon the Constitution and our system of federalism, which is a breath of fresh air, mind you, because when the Supreme Court actually reads the Constitution and sends matters back to the people or the states to decide, that is exactly how our system of government is supposed to work, where all power is inherent in the people. Anyway, Ice Cream Sniffer and his cabal of people that desire the sacrifice of babies on the altar of convenience are not only disparaging the court while on foreign soil, Cackling hyena second-in-command is out there trying to create more division in the people based upon the decision. She is out on the world stage stoking fear among people with statements that overturning Roe v. Wade is just another way the United States tries, quote, to claim ownership of human bodies, unquote. Of course, the non-critical thinking people in our nation will absolutely take her at her word. They will march in the streets of California or New York, not realizing, because they are not capable of critical thinking, that in states such as those, they can still kill an unborn child. The problematic issues about the Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade is purely on the communist and useful idiot side of the political spectrum. They squinted their eyes so hard in 1973 that they somehow saw constitutional right to abortion. Now that that has been debunked, they are losing their minds. How dare this, echoing the words of the drunken insider trading communist that is the current Speaker of the House, how dare this Trumpian Supreme Court actually read the Constitution and state that this matter should be left up to the people via their various state legislatures? How federalism is it of the Supreme Court to take that route? How following the actual Constitution and its framework of self-governance of the Supreme Court. It makes you think, just why didn't the communists, when they controlled the legislative and executive branches of government, much like they do today, why haven't they passed a federal law allowing mothers to kill their unborn children? We know why. Despite all the polls that the useful idiots in the media and their unprincipled leadership in government tout a majority of Americans do not believe in abortion for any reason at any time, up to and including the day the baby is born. Since Roe v. Wade was decided in the 1970s, abortion went from rare to where it was just last month, where more than 90% of all abortions conducted were for convenience. Not for the cases of rape, incest, or health of the mother like the communist and their allies in the media have been selling to the public for decades. 
90% plus of abortions were conducted because two human beings could not be responsible enough to prevent a pregnancy. So the life of an innocent had to pay for their irresponsibility. It is sickening how these unprincipled leaders are using this as a wedge issue in our nation. It was never about reproductive health. It was always about never being responsible for your actions or letting government assume responsibility for your actions. I am quite sure that this audience knows that I'm what could be considered pro-life. So that means I applaud last month's decision that the Supreme Court handed down on Roe v. Wade. My pro-life position actually comes from being pro-God. Abortions have been rampant in our nation because we have forgotten that God is God and we are not. Abortion allows human beings, aided by unprincipled, therefore immoral, leadership in government, it allows them to pretend to be God. I will always side with life and protecting life, especially the most innocent and defenseless among us. This decision also reaffirmed the type of government our founding fathers created a system of federalism and self-governance. A limited federal government that can only legislate based upon its enumerated power and where these decisions are best made by the people at the state level. So, for sure, there will continue to be states that advocate and promote the killing of children. And if people like that, they can vote with their feet and move to those states. There will also be states that will work to protect the innocent and unborn. And if people believe in that, they can vote with their feet and move to those states. Ta-da! That's federalism. There are many other examples of unprincipled leadership in government and media that we could and will cover on this podcast that we just don't have time for this week. But pay close attention to the usurpers and their useful idiots. Like I say, they always reveal themselves in words and in deeds. Much like the Attorney General of the United States not enforcing federal law with regard to protesting at a judge's home. That has allowed more mentally ill people to threaten the lives of these justices because they have been told by unprincipled leadership that the Supreme Court is destroying a non-existent right. I know I stated this before and I do not like to admit it, but we owe old Mitch McConnell big round of applause because we sure did dodge a bullet by not getting Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I will close out this week from the book of wisdom in God's word. And it comes to us from Proverbs 28, 2. When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. Our nation, with its unprincipled leadership for decades, not decades, but generations, our nation is rotting from within. The time when people would volunteer to serve in elected office and actually operate within government's constitutional limits is gone. But it can be brought back by the source of power and authority in our republic. And that is we, the people. If the men and women with principles stepped into the arena to become the servant leaders our type of government was founded upon, 
the rot could be stopped and reversed. Unprincipled leadership at the local, state, and federal levels in partnership with an unprincipled media are destroying our republic. Only we, the people, can hold them accountable, binding them once again with the chains of our Constitution. Then, using our Constitution to repair the damage the unprincipled usurpers of liberty and their useful idiots have done. Like I mentioned early on in the podcast, if you'd like to keep up with the campaign, sign up for the newsletter. Also, follow the campaign and podcast on the website, libertyleadershipandlies.com, as well as all of our social media pages. Also, don't forget about the Tennessee Freedom Summit in Nashville next month. Check it out at tennesseefreedomsummit.com. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.